Welcome to Crosspoint. 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 An interactive program featuring ministers and leaders of the Christian community addressing the issues that are challenging the church today. Here's your host, Mark Taylor. Welcome to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor. My guest today has an eye-opening book that should get everyone's attention. My guest is Tom Hughes, and Tom's uh, passionately studied and taught Bible prophecy as a senior pastor for 25 years in California. He's an expert in that area and has been on TV and radio broadcast. Today we're going to have Tom with us talking about marking the masses. Well, Tom Hughes, thanks for joining us today here on Crosspoint a uh, very, very interesting book I've been uh, going through here, Marking the Masses, and uh, I agree with what you have put into this book, and um, you know, your uh, background there in, as a pastor in prophecy and different areas like that, and you say that this book is kind of like a wake-up call to believers and unbelievers regarding an agenda that was set in order many years ago by elite group, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. I wrote it in a way that the non-believer would not be offended. I didn't want to make it sound like overly religious. I deal with a lot of facts. It's hard to argue with what I have in the book. It's very straightforward. It's a real warning and a wake-up call to what is coming. Yeah. Now, you say right in the introduction of the book that today, for the first time in history, humans are gaining the ability to make possible the literal fulfillment of Bible prophecy regarding the mark of the beast, and I think I know what you're talking about, but explain that a little bit to our listeners. Sure. The Bible tells us about something that's coming called the mark of the beast, where no one's going to be able to buy or sell unless they receive that mark. And we live in a world where the technology is now developed uh, to enable the globalists or whoever's in charge, whatever government it is, to be able to do that. And uh, we see everything going that direction. Um, in the beginning of the book, I referenced a conversation I had with my dad. It goes back to 1961, and this is really it, what was laid back in 1961. is really the foundation for where we are, are with the technology that is here now. Well, that's what the book may be titling, Marking the Masses. I guess in this book you've attempted to maybe answer some questions regarding the Mark of the Beast that people have, uh, you know, and how this is going to be done. I I think we've seen a little bit of idea of how easy it is to control people during COVID, and maybe this is uh, all the pre-tell to what we're headed to. Absolutely. Um, you know, this is really interesting when we, when we look at this, and I find this prophecy from the book of Micah fascinating. In Micah chapter 2, um, Micah writes the words of the Lord, obviously, Woe to those who devise iniquity and work out evil on their beds. At morning light, they practice it because it's in their power of their hands uh, to, to do it. Uh, I think, you know, this verse just speaks to leaders in the world right now. We watch them in Congress. We watch presidents. We watch kings. We watch the World Economic Forum. We watch all these stuff, different groups, World Health Organization and so forth. And we can envision them uh, laying in bed at night thinking, what can I do to gain control? And then right here in this verse in Micah, it says, in the morning when they wake up, they put their evil practices into place because they have the power to do it. And, you know, that prophecy to, uh, to Micah was uh, centuries ago, back in the time 
of uh, Israel's existence, ancient Israel's existence, but it's so true today, too. We see the masses of the people being manipulated, and it's more than technology. There's a lot of focus on technology, no doubt about it. Leo Homan wrote a while back, digital ID plus central bank digital currency equals a total control and tracking of all, all human activity. So that's coming. But there's more than technology to implementing the mark of the beast. The people have to be conditioned, and that's what we've been watching. The people are being conditioned, conditioned through the last four years of, you know, the, the stuff that we've gone through. Um, and we can see it now, even with wars and rumors of wars and people being willing to giving up their freedoms. Uh, wokeism, which is huge, huge. Uh, it, it's all part of the conditioning to get humanity to look to the government, the powers that be, and surrender to them. Now, you said something here in the book I had never thought of before, but did get my eyes open. It was on page 19 of the book. That's the part that's called Part 1, Question and Answers. And you said about the seriousness of the Antichrist and the mark, and you said, is it very possible that the mark directly or indirectly could permanently alter human DNA, causing people to become something other than what they were created to be. In God's eyes, this act by definition would make us an abomination, no longer something that was created in his own image. I never thought of that before, but when you inject stuff into your body and you do different things like that, uh, and we do know some of that stuff's been kind of happening, uh, I, I I never thought of it like that before. We hear a lot of reports now about what's happening with the injections, and more to come, and does it alter human DNA? You know, that, that's the big question. And then there's some people that, that emphatically say, uh, yes, it does. But when we, we look at it in the realm of the mark of the beast, um, you get to chapter 14 of the book of Revelation, the Bible's very clear, there's an angel that flies throughout the whole earth and warns everybody, do not receive the mark of the beast, for if you do, do not receive the mark of the beast, nor worship him. For if you do, uh, there's no turning back. Uh, eternal damnation, eternal judgment is coming your way. And it's the only time we read in the Bible that there's no possibility of uh, being forgiven of your sins, of, of still being alive and not being able to repent and surrender to God. And we see that in that passage. You do this one thing, of course, there's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which is different. But when we look at this in the light of Revelation chapter 14, now something happens. Is it something that happens to the human DNA? Well, it's definitely something spiritual. There's a decision that is made in a person's mind when they receive the mark of the beast to worship Antichrist. But it is a possibility that something happens to the, the DNA of a human being that makes them no longer the, in the image of God that uh, God has created man. Well, can that tie to something by thinking about it when you go back to the, you know, sons of God coming down to seeing the daughters of men, and then the Lord said, I've had it. <laughs> We're not going to do that. You're not going there. Uh, but, you oh. know, th- couldn't that be kind of along the same lines? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, your reference, obviously, is to uh, uh, Tower of Babel way back in the book of Genesis. Now, this is really interesting when you have Nimrod, who's building the Tower of Babel, which I get into in the book also regarding the Tower of Babel. As he's building the Tower of Babel, God says, he makes it very clear that he needs to scatter man upon the whole earth. And then he says this in verse 6 of chapter 11, the Lord said, Indeed, the people 
are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. And you look at science and technology, the direction that things are going. We live in an age where people are saying there's nothing that we're gonna, uh, that's going to stop us now. We're going to be able to do anything. Yuval Noah Harari says you're going to be like God. Uh, these same globalists in the tech world are saying, hey, you'll never die. Here, way back when God judged the world at the Tower of Babel, he said there's nothing that men will not be able to do that they propose to do. They've reached this point of no return, so I've got to stop it. It looks like with technology, that's exactly where we are again. It's the modern-day Tower of Babel. Men are saying, we are God. We're going to build our own kingdom. And with technology, there's nothing we won't be able to do. So we have a repeat, which is another warning to people. Man, as we look at things that are developing, it's, it, it really is a wake-up call how far along we are in this world to the place of God's coming judgment. Now, part two of the book is called Follow the Science. And chapter five is entitled Science, the World's New Master. And you said when you speak of science as the world's new master, uh, you're not talking about science. You said I'm, you're talking about popularized and politicized things that carries the label science. Sometimes it speaks the truth, and sometimes it theorizes um, the ridiculous. Tell us about that. Oh, well, yeah, and we've really seen this over the last, um, obviously, the last few years. We have this constant nonsense of, follow the science, trust the science. Uh, you know, now Fauci is admitting uh, that, hey, well, we didn't actually have any facts to support a six-foot distancing. You know, how many of us were saying this is absurd before? Um, how many of us were subjected to the uh, mandate that we're here? You know, we're even lost. Churches shut down and everything. Follow the science. Wear a mask. We're clearly... You could put on a mask, and smoke would get through the mask. And, and you know, these, these viruses, the cells in the virus are way smaller than, you know, what makes up the particles of the smoke, and yet smoke gets through masks. So we knew just common sense would help us, cause us to know that we were being lied to. But this has happened throughout history. I think it was H.G. Wells who proposed, hey, this is what you need to do. You need to get the people to bow to science and recognize science as the real authority. So H.G. Wells uh, set this thought in place a hundred years ago. And what has happened is people have taken this popularized uh, and politicized teaching on science and made it to the point where it, it comes in, in, um, in bullet point, easy to digest. So the, the average person can just repeat it. The, the pundits on TV news can just repeat it easily to the point where it just drowns out everything. But, I mean, this goes back, you look at evolution. Uh, when evolution came around, it was this beating down of all things in the Bible. Uh, you can't really trust the creation account that's in the Bible. We have evolution. Well, you look at evolution versus creation, it takes a lot more faith to believe in evolution than it does in the creation as the Bible sets it out with God who is in heaven. So science has been um, manipulating the masses of people. And where we've arrived now, and I talk about it in the book, is science has become God, and God has been replaced 
by science. Well, it has all been this conditioning process set out a long time ago. I've actually gone all the way back to Tower of Babel, where Satan wanted to be able to, um, to unite the world as one again, and science is used. Look at the climate laws. You, you, we look at the manipulation of the masses regarding climate. Uh, uh, the, uh, you start looking at the oil industry, and I mean, you start going right on down this path, and we can see how science has been this tool that's been used to manipulate the people, and, and this is the world that we live in, where people believe science over God, even though it's uh, so much of it is proven to not be true, because the science of today isn't based on facts, and we've learned that over the last few years. Well, I know, Tom, in some parts of the country where this attitude of climate change and uh, taking care of the earth and all that has really been pushed hard, uh, Pacific Northwest, places like that, California, that even good people, uh, people that are, are Christian people, somewhat conservative, have bought into some of this stuff that, you know, if we're going to have the world, we're going to have to make these changes, that change. And I, I'm just surprised sometimes that even the good people are getting kind of partially going along with some of this stuff. I, I really do believe what's happened uh, to America would not be possible if pastors had stuck to teaching the Word of God. Now, this is my personal belief. I can say this. I've been serving in ministry for 30 years. I've been a pastor for 25 years. And I've watched pastors get away from the Bible. Uh, they don't believe in the Old Testament anymore. In fact, they go to their congregations and say, hey, uh, the Old Testament is just a, a book of fable, uh, just written by a bunch of ancient Hebrew people. Just ignore it. And all of the things in the New Testament regarding prophecies of the second coming of Christ, listen, those are just allegorical, they're spiritual. You can't believe the book of Revelation. You can't believe some of the things that Jesus even said in all of the discourse. So when in the pulpit they, they don't receive or teach the, the, the Word of God as being true, then what happens? You, you again, um, you use whatever is popular with the masses of people, and you say, this is what is true. Behold your God. And this is fake God. You know, you go back to the time when the uh, Israelites, uh, when Moses goes up on the mountain, and, and he's away from them receiving the Ten Commandments. He comes down from the mountain, mountain, and the people have created their own God. They've created this golden calf. They end up dancing around it naked of all things. This is what's happened in society. We've removed the truth of the Word of God from the pulpit, and as such, we create a God in our own image, and this is the image. Science is, science is at the top. Um, the, the Bible is just another religious book that makes some people feel good. Uh, that, look how many pulpits in America refuse to teach uh, on the right to life. Uh, the, the truth that abortion is, is evil. Homosexuality is a sin. Transgenderism. Pastors won't say anything against these things because they're afraid that uh, people might not tithe, or they're afraid that uh, people might make fun of them or ridicule them or say mean things against them, or, they, or their churches will shrink. Uh, listen, the problem is people, pastors have been more concerned about numbers of people and money in uh, coffers than they have been about preaching the truth of God's Word, and hence we are in this place today. 
Yeah, and if you bring this up with pastors, you've got an argument on your hands because I've been, in, I've been, in, them, I've been in those arguments before, yeah. and boy, they're quick to defend for some reason. Well, the world's always getting darker anyway, and so it was it was bound to happen what well. we did one. And so anyway, I know I know the argument, and yeah, you're right on that. Well, folks, stay with us. Uh, good discussion today. We're going to have some more right after this. Do you have five minutes for God? I'm Pastor Ed Wilson, and I believe there's no better way to begin each morning than spending a little time with Him. That's why every weekday morning I bring you a short devotional broadcast designed just for that. Look up God's Five Minutes wherever you get your podcast to kickstart your spiritual walk for each day, and we'll always do it in five minutes or less. Have you talked to God today? This is Mark Taylor. If you miss a broadcast of Crosspoint, you can always go to our website at www.kneo.org and click on the programs page. There you can access the current Crosspoint program as well as the last four programs that have been aired. Never miss another Crosspoint program again. Go to www.kneo.org today. Welcome back to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor, your host. My guest today is Tom Hughes, uh, Marking the Masses is uh, the latest work he's done. Now, Tom, you've done other books. You've done other things before. You've been involved in this uh, area of ministry for many years. Uh, Tell people how they can find out more about the book and also more about maybe you and your ministry and other work you've done. Uh, The easiest way is my website, Hope for Our Times, and it's hopeforourtimes.com. And um, I have everything on there, the different books I've written, uh, the latest, as you mentioned, is Marking the Masses. I also have a book, uh, America in the New World Order. That was my first book. And then uh, America's Coming Judgment was is my second book. Um, but I, I do have regular videos that I do, podcasts, almost every day. And, um, and uh, yeah, the easiest way is uh, hopeforourtimes.com. I try to bring hope into a dark world, but, man, I deal with current affairs, so it's kind of a challenge sometimes. We need more dealing with current affairs because that's where people are living. And, you know, they need to hear these things. Okay, so I'm looking at page 71 of the book, part two, follow the signs still here. It says, in the in his famous farewell speech, President Dwight D. Eisenhower uh, did not just warn about the military insti- uh, industrial complex. He also warned about the scientific technology uh, of the elite, the technical elite. So what he was saying is don't worry so much well worry i guess i guess about those world powers that try to develop all kinds of weapons but also other weapons as well and really that's what we've been facing is a different kind of weapon that we maybe weren't used to or didn't know how to defend against you're you're right i was in high school in the 1970s and i had a class it was an ecology class at a teacher i looked now and realized you know the teacher was pretty left-leaning but um it was an engaging class, and I remember sitting in class, 1970s, and they were basically uh, promoting the same things that they're promoting today. It's the end of the world. I remember sitting through all this pollution talk and how we are destroying the planet. Um, and if I remember correctly, back then we were going into a global freeze or something like that, and you know now it's global warming. So you look at this warning of te- uh, science and technology, this is the problem. The military-industrial complex, I believe, is actually behind this. That's, that's myself. You know, when I look at it, um, 
when you look at something like DARPA, a DARPA is for defense purposes for the U.S. military, right? So we have this branch or this arm of defense. Well, you look at what DARPA's done. DARPA is really is what who recruited Martin Zuckerberg. So Zuckerberg, the head of Facebook, it's really DARPA that's behind Facebook. They recruited Zuckerberg. He was in college. He creates this page for social purposes to be able to connect students. And what happens, DARPA gets a hold of him and says, hey, we can make this into a great, uh, a great thing. And what it really is, Facebook is a data-collecting uh, social media site. That's what it is. You have data on people, where they go for vacation, how many kids they have, what their birthdays are. My people go, I will never give my information to the government. But they'll go on Facebook and put everything on there. And so and when you look at it, you go, well, DARPA is behind Facebook. DARPA is behind many of these things that are out there, uh, Google and so forth. And you realize, wait a minute, the military-industrial complex is totally tied into the technology and the science. Um, what we experienced over the last four years, absolutely. These are, uh, we go through psyops. You know, interesting, in the previous session, we were talking about climate change, and we think of this. This is quite fascinating. In 1991, the Club of Rome published uh, a book titled The First Global Revolution. And this is what, this is their own quote from their own book. It's searching for a common enemy against whom we can unite. We came up with the idea that pollution and the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit the bill. That's a quote from their own book, the Club of Rome. Hey, let's. Let's create, let's say global warming, pollution, and so forth. It's a weapon that's used against us. So all of these things are tied in together. And make no doubt about it, technology and science are now a weapon that is being used against us. And if you go into the schools, whether it be elementary schools, junior highs, high schools, colleges, they're constantly being pounded with the climate science, the science of you know, mask mandates and everything else, and we're just being manipulated. Yeah. And that's what's happening. On page 96 of the book, uh, it's that's part three of Disaster Ahead. Uh, but there you say, an organization pressing for world government today is Citizens for Global Solutions. They say, we envision a federal government of all humankind that unites the nations and all citizens of the world under a constitution built on the principles followed by the United States and other great nations. So is this part of the what we know is called the Great Reset? Uh, absolutely. Interesting about Great Reset is, you know, I, I, we've all heard of it by now, you know, pretty much everybody has. But it's a part of a really uh, forming a global system. It was, uh, it was Rahm Emanuel said, uh, don't let a, a crisis go to waste. And uh, James Madison, fourth president of the United States back in 1809, said, crisis is the rally cry of the tyrant. So what's happened is, Klaus uh, Schwab, The Great Reset, let's use what we have right now. I have his book, The Great Reset, in my office. In fact, I mentioned that The Great Reset is real. This is probably, what, three years ago? And the New York Times said the Great Reset is a conspiracy theory. While Klaus Schwab's book was out, that's how absurd it is. But they want to use crisis. He lays it out in his, in his book, use this crisis to reshape the world, reinvent the world. 
Rahm Emanuel said, don't let a crisis go to waste. Rahm Emanuel was the only one that said it. James Madison warned, crisis is the rally cry of the tyrant, and that's what's happening. So um, Klaus Schwab lays it out with the Great Reset. What do we need to do? Others have jumped on board with that and taken it even further. You use the World Health Organization. You use the Center for Disease Control. You use all of these things in order to shape the world and I'll tell you something else that I, I believe uh, that's taken place is in the last the, the last four years, Mark, it hasn't, it hasn't been just about a vaccine being implemented into people. I, I think it's much more than that. I, I think what's, what these globalists have really done in order to get their great reset into place is they've been collecting data on who the resistors are, where the problems are, where laws need to be implemented, uh, the problem churches that are out there. They've figured out where the, where the holes are. They've been collecting that kind of data. So when they come back with the next round, they can shore up those ends. Listen, everything is going towards this final system of, that the Bible describes as the system of the beast. Everything is going that direction. And the Bible also talks about an antichrist or a beast that is coming that's going to be the head of the system. And right now what we are watching is the building of this system, and they are eventually going to get their leader. And it's hard to not see it anymore. It's like you have to be in denial to look at all of these things that are going on and saying that's what the Great Reset is about, is building this system. And they're coming back with round two. They figured out what they did wrong in round one, who the resistors are, where the open the open holes are, and they're going to shore up as much as they possibly can uh, on round two of whatever round two is. You do point out a good point, too, here in the book, uh, part four, Insanity by Design. I'm looking at page 120. You talk about the advocates for homosexuality have effectively changed the meaning of the word pride. Earlier, they changed the meaning of the mm-hmm. word gay. They also changed the popular meaning of symbols. For most people, the U.S. flag once stood for freedom and human dignity. For many today, has become a hated symbol of oppression. And then you mentioned something under here. Cartoon rainbows were once, uh, you know, in our Sunday school flannel boards in our classrooms there. And then today, how that rainbow's been changed. And I'll just be honest with you, Tom. When I've been in churches... And I see where they put up something that they're doing. And I do see the rainbow. I then become very cautious of what they're talking about because I don't know for sure if they have kind of started leaning that way in that church or, you know, and having different thoughts or or they're still just talking about Noah's Ark and stuff like that. But, you know, it does put you on the offensive on some of this stuff uh, because of the way symbols and all this stuff has been designed to take over change the meaning absolutely you know you you mentioned it just it went from gay pride to just pride you know that's what we hear now we have a we have a pride month now that's just amazing in a bad way that is what it is and you're right you know what i do when i see a rainbow now a rainbow symbol i count how many colors there are because the colors of the the rainbow flag for the lgbtq has six colors God's rainbow has seven. So that's one of the things I do is I count. I literally, I count, okay, what message are they trying to say? And it's also interesting. Now, I, I won't even have any rainbow symbolism on anything at all 
if in the past I thought of it as being Noah's Ark, because it is, but this is what the devil does. He's come to steal, and he's stolen this, uh, attempted to steal it from God. Listen, God, God wins. Uh, Jesus won at the cross, and Jesus is coming back again. But nevertheless, in the meantime, Satan is manipulating everything he can. Satan isn't a creator. He's a destroyer. So he's a copycat. So he takes God's rainbow, which is meant for good, and he says, ah, here's our rainbow. And Satan appears as an angel of light. So we see all of this in this manipulating the masses, and, and minds have been altered. As of right now, Mark, it is not required technology to change the minds of people. It, what, what's, um, uh, up to right now, it's just manipulating. It's the double think of George Orwell's 1984. It's the gaslighting that's taking place. So hence pride, uh, pride comes before a fall. Well, Satan turns it into to the uh, a person who doesn't have the spirit of the Lord uh, dwelling in them. Uh, Satan turns it into something that just seems so good. How could you argue against that? Why, why are you such a bigot? Why are you so mean? Why are you saying something is wrong with this? Why are you saying something is wrong with that? People's minds have been changed. They've been manipulated. As I mentioned, in the schools already, and then, uh, but also in the masses, through media, through uh, politicians, um, just right on down the list. The minds of the masses are already altered, even without technology. And technology, once it's implemented in the way that you know people want to do, like the uh, Elon Musk to be able to implant Neuralink and other companies that want to do that, listen, technology is just going to alter the mind that much more when we start thinking of AI and what AI is already doing, AI Jesus, AI Bibles. Uh, the manipulation is only going to increase, but the foundation has been laid in the conditioning of the masses. Maybe if we have time, we'd get into gaslighting and what that is done too, but uh, that's what's going on. All right, well, folks, stay with us. We're going to have more of this interesting discussion in just a moment. Are you walking in everything God has for you? Hi, I'm Pastor Gary Culp, and I'd like to invite you to check out the Exceedingly Abundant Ministries podcast, available from the Sky High Podcast Network. This 30-minute weekly Bible study will give you time to grow spiritually and get to know God and His Word on a deeper level. God has more in store for you than you ever realized. Listen to Exceedingly Abundant Ministries today and learn about how God can do more with your life than you ever imagined. There's a lot of folks who don't know the Lord who don't know another way. Changing lives on 91.7 The Word. Christian radio changes their hearts, it changes their lives, and changes their families. One life at a time. That's a great reason to support Christian radio and the community. You're tuned to Crosspoint today. Thanks for joining us. And today we are talking with Tom Hughes, and we're talking about marking the masses. Uh, new work that he just put out. Tom, tell us how that people can find out more about this new book and also what you do as in ministry. Uh, tell people how they can do that. Uh, you bet. Uh, so the book is available. You can either go to my website, hopeforourtimes.com. We have all kinds of things, videos, books, things to inform people, educate, uh, right on down the list. I have podcasts regularly. You can also get the book at markingthemasses.com if you want to go directly there. This, this is what I, I'm about, Mark, now that you mentioned it. I do teach that Jesus is coming again. I believe in being a watchman, uh, warning people. I've been teaching Bible prophecy for a long time, and it's hard 
not to look at the facts of what's going on and not connect it with the Bible. I mean, if you know what the Bible says, boy, I mean, what a warning. It's like God is shouting to us right now. But at the same time, it's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So uh, now I'm in phase two, I guess, of my uh, ministry life as a pastor in uh, we're planting churches and uh, planting missions in, in different uh, places, too. We have several down in Mexico now um, and uh, churches here in the U.S., and we're moving forward because people need to know uh, that Jesus came the first time to forgive them of their sins, and he's coming back. And um, I, I kind of like it my ministry in a sense, not me, myself. Well, people don't misunderstand that. But to what John the Baptist did, John the Baptist, he warned the people, religious leaders alike, he warned the people of the judgment that was coming in order to tell them about the mercy of God. And that's what I believe we are supposed to be doing, especially as somebody who looks at the Bible prophecy. We, we warn people, and we tell them about God's mercy through His that we can find through His grace and faith. Okay, now you would mentioned before gaslighting. But give people the definition of what is gaslighting. So gaslighting, it's really a, an attempt to change people uh, in, in uh, their thought process where you know what's true, but suddenly you question what you know is true, and you start believing the lie and repeating it. I'll give you a couple of examples. The term, uh, it appears to have come from a 1938 play where there was a, a husband who was a, an evil husband, and uh, he was cheating on his wife, and he wanted to get rid of his wife. And uh, and so what he did is uh, one of the processes, it was a form of torture. Um, he, there were lights outside their bedroom window, outside their house, and he adjusted the lights, the gas lighting, in such a way that they would flicker at night. And his wife would say, the lights are flickering. He would say, no, it's not. There's nothing wrong with the lights. His goal was to drive her crazy and not, not just make her think she's crazy, but actually drive her crazy. Uh, and then you see this play out, George Orwell's 1984, uh, where you have the double thing, where the torturer says, how many fingers do I have, am I holding up? And the person looking can see four fingers, uh, and the thumb is hidden behind the hand. There's four fingers. But the correct answer for, for the torture is five. Well, the person being tortured knows there's only four, but the torturer says, no, there's five. So what do you have? You have physical pain every time you tell the truth. Every time you say there are four fingers, physical pain comes about. This was also done in Star Trek, one of the Star Trek episodes, by the way. Uh, almost the exact same thing. So physical torture would come in if you gave the truth, and this is what we are witnessing in society. You tell the truth, suddenly you are shouted down. You're ridiculed. You are mocked. You, uh, during COVID, you couldn't go to the restaurant. The restaurant owner was forced into a closure, uh, even bankruptcy, because they wouldn't go along with it. You're told, it goes back to follow the science, follow what the government authorities are telling you, even if you know it's a lie. You know, you could even walk back to Nazi Germany. And what was so effective with Hitler is not so much that all of the people believed him, because most of the people didn't actually believe what he was saying. But the majority of people went along with Hitler because they didn't want to suffer the physical consequences that Hitler would bring upon them, pastors included. I think it was over 80% of the pastors went along with Hitler 
just to avoid the, the suffering that they might go through. They might be arrested. They might even end up in a death camp along with the Jews. So they would go along with it, even if they knew it was a lie. And what's happened in society is this gaslighting, manipulation of the masses, and manipulating of the mind, where many people actually believe the lie. They don't even receive the truth, which is another dynamic that the Bible lays out, too, uh, in Second uh, Thessalonians, that in the last days, God will send a strong delusion upon the people because they would not receive the love of the truth. In other words, because they would not receive Jesus and the truth of forgiveness of in God, God says, I'll send them strong delusion. They'll believe the lie. Uh, Romans chapter 1 says that the people will suppress the truth in unrighteousness. This is all a form of gaslighting that's happened. You know what's true, but you don't allow them to say what is true, and you suppress the truth in the unrighteous thing. And then God even says in Romans 1, I'll give them over to a reprobate mind, meaning not just a mind that's perverted and wicked, but a mind that won't even be able to make a decision in its own best interest. In other words, it'll make a decision, but the decision will be to its own harm. We see that happening nationally right now to the United States of America in so many different ways, from open borders to things that are going on with the president, uh, the administration, what's going on in schools, terrible what's going on in schools, telling little children that they can cut, cut off their body parts because uh, God, if there's a God in heaven, he made them wrong. It's just absolute wicked things are taking place. All for McGasley. Yeah, and it is true. The reprobated mind is very obvious out there, if you know that that's what you're looking at anyway in this day and time. you got a part six of the book. It's entitled The Beast World. And now this will really, I think, open up people's eyes, get them to understand a little bit of what's already out there happening. You talk about imagining a sky filled with high-tech drones and drones walking around and strolling sidewalks and streets and malls and warehouses and even churches and schools. And uh, <clears throat> you talk about them carrying, you know, sensors. You talk about a ro robotic police dog that's already at work in law enforcement agencies. And you said if uh, you were homeless looking for a temporary shelter right now in Hawaii's capital, you can expect a visit from a robotic dog that will scan your eyes and make sure that you don't have a fever. And uh, people, you know, you go on to talk about how they might say, well, those things are okay. But this is just another one of those areas that they make it look like you're getting a safeguard, but what actually you're doing is very invasive, and it's kind of Terminator-like, isn't it? Oh, it, it totally is. You know, everything is is conveyed to us as if it's for our good, um, and this would be one of them. It's for your protection. Hey, there's there are bad people out there in society who want your harm. Uh, therefore, um, we're going to protect you with this. It's it, and it all all of it is surrendering your freedoms. When when we think about what's coming um, through this beast system. Listen, technology is the weapon that's going to be used against us. You have all social media, you know, Facebook and so forth. People voluntarily give out all their information. Again, it's data collecting, but then when you have drones, you have robocops, you have all of these different things that are out there. We, we, we see what's going on with robots. It is absolutely fascinating. And we hear about what's going on with artificial intelligence and the power of artificial intelligence combined with uh, with quantum technology, 
it's like if it's like off the charts a system is being built that nobody nobody is going to be able to escape from which is also what revelation chapter 13 teaches nobody's going to be able to escape this system that is coming and there's going to be an economic collapse that's eventually going to come and out of it it looks like it's going to be digital currency cbdc it's going to be sold to us as hey this is for your good uh, the government is here to solve all of your problems and once you you're hooked into central bank digital currency hey again it's the technology that is going to be able to control you so we we have the the uh, technology being the weapon the economy is a threat where no one can buy or sell and we have these things working together to form this system of mass control and folks all of the technology is already here it's just a matter of conditioning the people a little bit more yeah. to be able to implement it and that's the direction it's going it is about the conditioning hence the gaslighting that's going on yeah and <clears throat> you know you're right they're doing it you know in some areas a good area would be sports you know, big arenas. Hey, you can't even use a dollar bill or any kind of cash. Yeah. Uh, in those now, yeah. it's all so they're just yeah. Those places are conditioning for the greater things to come. Now, Tom, towards the back of the book here, page two hundred eight. I'm looking right now. It's part seven, hope and victory. It, it said, "Should Christians be concerned?" And you say the followers of Christ need not to fret over personally facing the mark of the beast, but love requires. Our concern for others, knowing that uh, you know about the tribulation, should encourage all who know Jesus to get the gospel out as fast and effectively as we can. And you say this statement here: those who miss the rapture may later turn to Christ. So we should be working to tell people about Christ, and also working to leave things behind as Christians for people to find their way to Christ. Oh, I, I absolutely believe it. I feel like I'm on this major mission right now to warn everybody and to tell them, hey, come to Christ now. It's going to, look, listen, people say, well, I don't really want to come to Jesus now. I'll wait until I see if all of these things really happen that you are telling me about. Listen, it's a lot easier to live for Christ now than it's going to be to die for Christ during that time of the tribulation. And I would just give that as a warning to everybody. But the number one thing that we need is the forgiveness of our sins. So it's getting the gospel out now, and don't be afraid, everybody, um, to tell people, because there are, uh, Mark, I'm convinced there's people that we talk to right now that are going to come to faith in Christ after the rapture of the church during the tribulation period. Praise God. But I also believe, as you mentioned, in leaving things behind, leaving Bibles behind, leaving a book like this one behind, I think is great, because it will help people who are left behind to be able to read it and go, oh my, this is what's happening right now. You know, in there, there's also the gospel is presented in there. As I mentioned, it's not written in a religious way, but the facts are there of what you need to know what the Bible teaches us. But we have to leave, I even encourage people, leave a letter behind, leave explanations behind of what's going, what the rapture is. Um, there's certainly videos, there's, there's CDs, there's things that you can use that aren't connected to the Internet, because the Internet's going to be 100% controlled um, during the tribulation period. You're not going to be able to get the gospel on the Internet. Bible apps are going to be shut down. So I believe you want to have hard copies of things that are available. I believe if you're someone who's a prepper, you have food that's stored somewhere. Listen, after your rapture, your neighbor's going to break into your house to steal your food. Hey, put Bibles in there. Put books like Marking the Masses in there. Put uh, Bible tracts in there. 
uh, get the rapture kit put up by I'm a watchman. But you, you get these different things, you put them in there, and you have them available, and you can leave the truth behind. And I am convinced there's going to be people that are going to come to faith in Christ during the tribulation period by the things that we even leave behind. I agree with that completely. I do, and we don't want to count on Amazon to help us any. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Hey, so, Tom, we're about out of time, but again, tell people how they can find about the book Marking the Masses, also other work you've done. If they want to uh, maybe ask you questions, have some way to dialogue with you, I don't know if you can do that, but tell people how they might be able to do so. Oh, yeah. You bet. Uh, At HopeForTimes.com, we do have a Contact Us page, and uh, on there, people can send us their questions. We have a question section. When you click on the contact us, it gives you, I think, five different email, uh, ones for technology, ones for other things. But you, there's one for questions, too. You can send me questions, and I'd love to answer as many as I possibly can. Sometimes we get so many, I have to answer them on the air, um, which is which is always kind of fun anyway. But, yeah, it's uh, hopeforourtimes.com. And then also the book, again, can be... You can find it at HopeForOurTimes.com. You can also find it at Marking the Masses. And uh, I'd love to just connect with anybody that I possibly can. All right. Well, thanks so much, Tom, for being with us here today on Crosspoint. Uh, you bet, Mark. It was, it was a joy to be with you. Thank you so much. Well, that was sure a good interview today we had with uh, Thomas Hughes. And Tom pointed out a lot of good stuff. And there's still a lot of stuff in that book, Marking the Masses. Uh, that you want to check out and always check out the book I have on my other hand folks the Holy Bible it's the Word of God and you need to know what it says because it's it's talking about the things that are going on in our world right now because it's the inspired words of God and it's a living word and never never is outdated it accurately directs life just the way it's going and for all those that will follow it, it'll show you the right path to take in this life. The Bible contains the most important words you're ever going to read and certainly ever follow. Be sure to join us again next time as we again discuss the issues that are affecting the church. Have a great week. Allow God to use you for His purposes so the greater things can be done. Make your life count in God's plans for eternity. I'm Mark Taylor. Crosspoint is a program produced in Studio 101 at KNEO Radio. Not all of the views on Crosspoint reflect those of the management or staff of KNEO. You may contact the Crosspoint program at 10827 Highway 86 East, Neosho, Missouri, 64850, or by email crosspoint at kneo.org. You can hear Crosspoint four times a week, Saturday morning at 1, Saturday afternoon at 2, Saturday evening at 9, and Sunday evening at 7. You can also listen anytime online at kneo.org. Never miss your favorite show again. For more than 30 years, KNEO has been bringing you great Bible teachers on a local and national level. And now, we've made it easier than ever to hear from these great men and women of God. KNEO's entire lineup is now available to listen anytime, anywhere through our website. Go to KNEO.org slash podcast to see all the options. You can search for programs alphabetically, or you can select individual categories like culture, kids, leadership, or music. We even have a category just for locally produced programs, so you can hear from pastors and spiritual leaders located right here in the four-state area. And... All these resources are absolutely free. Kaneo's mission is to get God's Word in front of you, and this is one of the ways we do it. Give it a try today. Go to kaneo.org and click on the podcast tab to get started. 
Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri is proud to be sponsoring this portion of broadcasting on KNEO. Owned by Judy and Danny Harper, Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri specializes in French Bulldogs. For more information, the phone number is 417-628-3083.